0: Hey, it's Jen Garrett here, and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. I've helped thousands of people to develop their own personal game plan to achieve that next level of greatness. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies of professional athletes, Fortune 500 executives, and successful entrepreneurs to elevate your hustle and get you across your goal line. So get ready. It's your time. To move the ball hey everyone jen garrett here it's so great to be back with you on another episode of move the ball this episode is part of my special path to the draft series where i'm having conversations with nfl draft prospects on their path to the draft so i'm really excited about today's guest many of you listening know that i am still serving as an army judge advocate and my guest today also has a service connection So inside the huddle with us today, and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft, is Cameron Kinley. Cameron is a college cornerback who played at the Naval Academy, and during his football career as a midshipman, Cameron started in 23 games, including seven in 2020, finishing with 87 career tackles, three and a half tackles for a loss, TFLs, three sacks, one interception, one forced fumble, and 12 pass breakups. And I'm just so energized to have Cameron with us. Today and something that I'm also not surprised to share about Cameron is that he is the Naval Academy class president for the class of 2021. Cameron, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be all here.
0: I really appreciate you being here with us today. And as your sister in arms, it is an honor. But as you know, I will say, go Army, beat Navy.
1: Hey, that's never the right way to say it. I I think you got the order wrong. Uh, It's always B Army. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes. So let's start off with you telling us more about your story. Share with us, how did you get into football?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a football family. Essentially, my dad, he played college ball at Middle Tennessee State University. And after he got done playing, he got into coaching at the Little League level um, in the Nashville area. And then he moved to Memphis and started his own little league organization, the Memphis Falcons. Um, So I started playing with him when I was four years old, and then he coached me all the way through um, until I was 12 and went off to middle school. And then my older brother also played college football at the University of Illinois and spent some years in the NFL, and my younger brother currently plays at um, my dad's almond water, MTSU. So it's kind of just in our blood, you know, when I was – as soon as I could hold a football, my dad put one in my hand, I used to run around the house with my big brother's helmet on. So uh, kind of just been ingrained with me, ingrained in me from the start.
0: Yeah. And share with us, what was it about football? I mean, I know you grew up in that football family. So you've kind of had that culture already there. It wasn't a new experience, but what about football really excited and intrigued you? There's
1: uh, so many aspects of the game that I love. I mean, from the um, brotherhood aspect of it, I feel like you build some of your best relationships on the field just because of what you go through and how tough the game is. and um, everybody can't be a football player, you know, so you have a lot of respect for the guys that play the sport. But I also feel leadership-wise, uh, the game teaches you how to deal with adversity at a young age. You know, you start learning how to deal with defeat. Um, You start learning how to deal with being down in the game when you're down two touchdowns or something, and you got three minutes left. And coming up with a strategic plan on how you're going to help your team come back to win, I mean, you're learning all of this at a young age, and it doesn't change. So
0: I truly admire that aspect of football. Absolutely. Yeah. There are so many lessons that the sport of football teaches us that we carry over outside of the sports context into life to be successful. Completely agree. And it's something I talk about in my book, Move the Ball, all the time. So definitely as someone who has been on the sideline, I didn't play football. People that know me know my story. I wanted to play football. It didn't quite work out for me. Um, but uh, but I've taken away so much. I watched football ever since I was four. And so there was a lot I learned just being on the sideline. And the lessons that you can take away. So you're playing at the Naval Academy. Share with us what that experience has been for you and what it's like to be a leader at the academy.
1: Right. It's so different being a student athlete at the Naval Academy because you're not just balancing your academics and your athletics, but you also have the military aspect of things. And that always carries something special with you anytime you run on the field. Um, and you have Navy across your chest because you're representing something so much more than yourself, so much more than the game of football, than the school. But um, every time you go out there, you're representing the country, you know, being a part of one of the greatest fighting forces that we have to offer. Um, so that's truly special. And it gives you an extra drive playing on the field. But as I mentioned before, um, as a student athlete at the academy, you got to learn how to balance your time and manage it, because if you don't, uh, the academy will eat you alive, to say the least. We have a very tough academic curriculum. Um, Everybody here takes calculus, chemistry, physics, electrical engineering, thermodynamics, just to name a few. You know, there's no way to get around that. You're taking 18 credits, 18 to 20 credits during the season. Um, So you have to figure out how you're going to get your academic work in. And then you're still expected to perform on the field against great teams. You know, uh, Memphis doesn't feel bad that you're going to class. SMU doesn't feel bad. UCF, uh, we're playing a pretty good conference. So. Learning how to manage my time has probably been the biggest thing I've learned um, from being a student athlete at the academy. But as I said, it's so rewarding and it's so special being able to represent our country on the field on Saturdays.
0: Well, you're right. Nobody cares about your excuses, right? You have to figure out how to manage your time to get everything done. And uh, you're right. It is a big deal to play for the Naval academy having that service connection there is a rigorous coursework that you have to do i also have an electrical engineering degree so i know firsthand how difficult that can be and then just like you said you got to perform on game day as well both on and off the field and so um i definitely have a lot of respect for you for what you're doing and playing for the navy even though i root for the other side on game day (laughs) it's a fun it's a fun rivalry it's all good
1: it's all good
0: Yes. So so you've been known as a talent player that's been exceptional in coverage, have continued to improve in your run game or in the run game over your career. Tell us, what do you think has been important for you to become an exceptional cornerback and what you've done to ensure your continued success?
1: Right. I feel like the biggest thing about playing defensive back is having confidence. You know, it's hard to play on the island if you don't have confidence because you're going to get beat up play and... The great players are the ones who are able to forget about their play and continue to move forward. So in high school, my DB coach always told me, never let your highs get too high, never let your lows get too low. And that kind of stuck with me throughout college, trying to keep that confidence and trying to keep that momentum throughout the game, whether something good or bad happens. And I feel like the other part of being a good defensive back is you got to be able to stay loose, you know, especially in the hips, you got to be able to twitch and turn because you're going to get so many talented receivers who know what route they're running and they're getting in and out of the routes. And then the speed is different at this level in the game. I feel like the biggest thing for me, um, developing over my years at the Academy was joining the yoga club and focusing on my flexibility, constantly, constantly working on that, knowing that there's always room for improvement. It's something I continue to do daily. So that was huge for me. And then just studying the game, becoming a student of the game, watching as much film as I can, after I get my schoolwork done, of course, as I was mentioning the workload earlier, but become a student of a game, being a film junkie. So I could get any advantage that I could on the field, um, knowing that I was going against some talented opponents. And I feel like over the years that has helped me a lot.
0: Sure. And you talk about you know staying focused on the field. What happens like when you get beat, you know, you're, you're covering. A, so people always say that cornerback, defensive back is one of the hardest positions to play. Right. And so sometimes you are going to get beat. How do you reset, refocus, stay locked in when that happens?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wear a lot of wristbands uh, during the game, and each of them have different messages on them. My favorite one is probably just, no. it says, no fear, just faith. You know, putting my faith in the man above every time I step on the field. So when something like that does happen, there's no need to fear. There's no need to get down on yourself when you got somebody above you who's in control of so much more and so powerful and just realigning myself and putting my faith back in helm and getting ready to line up the next play, that allows me to stay composed throughout the game, knowing that at the end of the day, he has the ultimate control over everything.
0: Oh, I love that. That's great. Because something that I, I don't have a bracelet, but something that I remind myself all the time is to always live by faith and not by sight. Right. And so when, when you go through those times that you're tested or something doesn't go your way or you get beat on a play, you just, you know, you just got to keep trusting and uh, and things will work out
1: most definitely
0: playing the game so you also were selected to play in the hula bowl all-star game with uh, three other service academy players two from navy one air force and one army guy um for those that aren't familiar the hula bowl was born in 1957 has featured over 6,000 players including legends such as deon sanders dan marino ricky williams tony dorsett eric dickerson and i could go on and on so it's a big deal to get to play in the Hula Bowl as well, and you were the 29th Navy player to be selected. Uh, talk to us about what that experience was like for you.
1: Yeah, I mean that was a blessing. It was amazing to kind of get out to Hawaii, and it's funny because they're they're kind of living in a different world over there. You know, you get out there and it's paradise. It's almost as if you're not in the pandemic anymore. So I felt like that was very good, um, just off the field, being able to have a trip to Hawaii, all expenses paid for definitely can never complain about that. And then football wise, just being able to compete with a lot of guys from power five schools and um, other conferences that you probably didn't get a chance to play against, uh, seeing how you measure up. And then of course, being able to be in front of NFL scouts, um, that's priceless, you know, especially in today's age when so many events are getting canceled. So it's something I definitely did not take for granted um, and got out there and competed every rep that I could. So definitely a memory that I'll be able to share with my kids one day and I mean I had the time of my life out there.
0: Oh that's great and what was the biggest takeaway for you?
1: As far as what I need to improve on or just the biggest takeaway from that event?
0: Just the biggest takeaway from that experience?
1: I would say the biggest takeaway for me was realizing how many other people were out there trying to achieve this dream that we all have you know and it just reminds you that anytime you feel like you want to take a day off or a rep off that somebody else is out there working, you know. Um, Of course, we were all friends out there. I mean, I met a lot of people who I still keep in touch with right now, but at the end of the day, we're all competing as well, you know. So this is a good reminder um, for me that people are out there working just like I'm working, don't feel like I'm doing anything different. Um, So you got to realize you got to set yourself apart um, when you're working out and you got to go that extra mile that other people won't be willing to do. So that was a big takeaway (laughs) for me.
0: Absolutely. So last summer, you were in a really bad car accident and almost lost your life. Can you talk to us about how has that changed your outlook on life at all?
1: Yeah, so I was traveling back up to the academy, long drive from Memphis, Tennessee, as you can imagine, to Maryland. I probably had four hours left in the drive, a hydroplane, hit an 18-wheeler. And before I made contact with 18-wheeler, I mean, I was spinning on the highway and I had pretty much came to grips that this was probably about to be it for me. As I saw the 18-wheeler made impact, spun off to the side and realized I was still alive. And uh, right then and there, um, I mean, I, I was like, thank you, God, because you, you didn't have to spare me right there. I was able to walk away with no injuries. And it just confirmed for me that God has a plan for me and that I can't take any day for granted. You know, the next day isn't promised it was kind of just an eye-opening experience for sure to take advantage of everything that life has to offer you because you're not, you're not guaranteed anything. Life doesn't owe you anything. So it was definitely, um, I mean, it wasn't good, but at the same time it was good for me to go through an experience like that.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And you're right. Tomorrow isn't promised to any one of us. And I think some of people forget about that. And so when we have events like you went through, it's a good reminder to really live each day to the fullest and take advantage of it and spend time on the things and with the people that are important to you.
1: Most definitely.
0: Yeah. So what I want to do now is to end the show. I just want to ask you seven fun questions as part of my two minute drill. Are you ready? Sounds good. I'm ready. Okay. Outside of football, what do you like to do?
1: I like to listen to music and play the piano a little bit.
0: Okay, do you have a favorite uh, artist or is there a type of music that you like to play on the piano?
1: Um, I like kind of translating the, the new R&B songs over to the piano, like Summer Walker um, and stuff like that, trying to add a little flavor to it. it. It's pretty fun to me. I, I find tutorials on YouTube and kind of just start doing stuff on my own.
0: Oh, very cool. I used to play the piano as well, so that, that's awesome. How about the next question is, who is your favorite professional sports team? It doesn't have to be a football team.
1: I'm a LeBron James fan. So if that counts for anything, I guess I'm a Lakers fan. <laughs> okay. Wherever he goes, I go. So I, I guess I'm a Lakers fan right now.
0: Sounds good. How about what's your favorite movie?
1: Favorite movie is Remember the Titans by far.
0: That is my favorite football movie. And I was actually just, just last night I was thinking about, I want to watch something while I'm working. And so I was looking to see if I could get it. Um, on my cable but i had to rent it so i was like oh i ended up watching draft i watched draft day instead or i had it on um next question is what is your favorite food
1: i love wings honey hot wings in particular memphis has really good hot wings is not the best in the country in my opinion of course i'm biased but i feel like uh, we definitely have a lot to offer as far as the wings go
0: sure how about what is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach
1: I would definitely go back to what I mentioned earlier in high school for my defensive back coach saying never let your highs get too high and don't let your lows get too low uh, throughout the football game.
0: That's a great piece of advice. Now I'm going to flip it and say or ask you, what is the best piece of advice that you would give someone?
1: You can't expect anyone to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself first. I feel like that's the most important thing. You got you to gotta believe in yourself if you want to accomplish the things you want to in life. That's
0: a great piece of advice. And that goes back to the confidence that you mentioned earlier so my last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people living or deceased who would you pick and why
1: i would pick barack obama um just because he's been a a big inspiration for me obviously accomplishing what he was able to i remember watching his inauguration when i was in the fourth grade um and i mean that was just truly amazing to me to see an african-american man uh, become the president of the united states you know that was pretty impressive for me And then next, I would say Martin Luther King Jr. um, Just because of the movement that he was able to help um, create. And I just know that he went through a lot of adversity, but he always took the higher road at the end of the day. And so I would be curious to pick his mind on how he was able to do that. And then the last one, I would say Jesus, Jesus Christ. um, Because, I mean, that's the most humble guy to ever walk this earth. And you talk about somebody who was able to always choose the right and to take the higher road and treat other people the way he want to be treated. I feel like everybody can learn from him. So I feel like that'd be a pretty good dinner.
0: Yes, that, those, those are three great people to have at a dinner table. So as we look to wrap up today's show, tell people how they can follow you on your journey.
1: Yeah, You can follow me at CK number three, the thrill. That's CK number three, T-H-E-T-H-R-I-L-L. That's the same on Twitter on Instagram, follow along, trying things work out at the end of April, or early May, and be able to play at the next level. So definitely have a journey to follow.
0: And we'll be sure to put those links in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Cameron, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And I wish you much success in the draft. I am definitely a fan, so I'm definitely going to be looking at uh, how things are going for this next chapter for you. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode, and we will catch you next time.